because of what has happened in the last two weeks in the Middle East, um, I want to be able to address so many events that are happening um, all at the same time. Some of them, um, some of the most serious ones, are getting no um, um, mention on any of the news channels. And you're either going to get it from um, sometimes Fox. They're okay, sometimes. (laughs) And a church that will explain the news from a biblical perspective. So I'm going to be talking about a lot of news events this morning. I've entitled it The Perfect Storm. And it is unprecedented. Um... We've never seen anything like it before. I wanted to verify um, the ceasefire that they said was going to happen on Friday, so I called Zeva. I didn't want to hear it from the news. I wanted somebody who lived in Israel. And this is basically what he told me. He says, it's holding. Uh, Biden had called Bibi, Benjamin Netanyahu, um, all over last week. Six times altogether, twisting his arm more and more to have it. And when I called him, he says, well, they, they put it, they implemented it at two o'clock in the morning, and I don't know what time it was, but he says it's holding for now. And uh, I said, from your perspective, from a Jewish perspective, how do you think this thing is going to turn out? Um, as much as I love Zev, he's not saved. He does not look at things from a biblical pr- perspective. And he says, Dwight, I just don't have enough information to give you the kind of answer you're looking for. Uh, You would have to have military intelligence to to know that. And I said, well, have you ever seen anything like this in the last two weeks? And he says, I've never seen anything like it that hasn't led to war. And uh, that's basically what I wanted to draw out of him, just the average Jewish citizen, what are they thinking right now? And I'll be touching on, as, well, let me just get into our study. I've, I've called it the perfect storm for a reason, uh, because I truly believe we're right on the edge, the precipice of the rapture of the church. And once we get through with our study this morning, I hope we'll have a, a clear perspective of why I'm making that statement. As we finish Acts, and before we get into Romans, I would like to bring an update of events unfolding in the Middle East and why these and other world events are all happening at the same time. There has never been a time in church history that tells us that we are very close to the rapture of the church. How we know this could actually be it. I mean, what I'm saying right now is this could be it, what we're watching right now. And the coming of the Lord is indeed at hand. There are so many worldwide events happening at the same time, I will have to pick and choose which ones to speak on. Um, And I, I, I made a list. I got up last night and wrote down two more that the Lord told me to write down, only to go on Fox News this morning and have those two things that the Lord told me to write down being commented on. And, um, um, it was encouraging. 
So I'm just going to go through a list of maybe 20 things. Don't worry, I can, there's no way I can touch on 20 things. <laughs> You're getting to know me too well, that's that good. Um, well, right now, anti-Semitism has never, I've never seen it like it's happening right now. Both in L.A., and in New York City, and now it's popping up over other cities. They're marching around with Palestinian flags and uh, swatskas. And the disdain is unprecedented of what's going on. Over all my time in America, there's always been some, but nothing like what's going on right now. So anti-Semitism openly uh, being promoted. We are in the middle of a worldwide pandemic. This will be one of the issues that I will bring up and talk about this morning. Uh, The rise in false teachers. On Fox News this morning, one of the things that they commented on was an article of um, why people no longer go to church. I mean, this was on Fox News. So I punched it and listened to it. And um, they say this has been happening in the last several years, uh, but not like it is right now. So we see a lot of this. uh, They were asking a pastor, why do you think this is happening? And the answer is because the pulpits across America will not stand up. Uh, They're intimidated. Uh, They themselves are fearful to, how can I say it, tell it like it is? Without, without compromising in any way, shape, or form. And that was on Fox News this morning. And we see this happening um, across the country. And basically, it's getting away from the Bible. And um, people are all caught up and afraid. And um, the only information most people are getting are from uh, our news stations. We also have... Uh, the call for the dollar, and the move towards cryptocurrency. Our economy, I believe, is, um, um, I'm not optimistic at all about our economy. I think we're in big trouble. There isn't, there's job postings all over town. Work wanted here, work wanted here. Why? Well, you can make more money sitting at home doing nothing, then take the job. And the mentality and the socialistic policies that are being inbreded, I don't even call them Democrats anymore, I call them globalists because my friends, that's what they've turned into. The Democratic Party today is not the same Democratic Party 10 years ago. They would have stood up against what happened in Israel. Not this time, no support. So we see... um, our, our economy, um, the move to the one world currency, this is where we have to now begin to bring in the biblical perspective. And we'll talk about it this morning because that's exactly what the Bible says. There will be a one world currency, a one world religion, and also a one world government. Now this one is um, interesting because this is one that the Lord told me to get up and write down and that's an increase in UFOs around the world and why. And I thought, should I really go there? 
I know they're really going to start rolling their eyes if I, if, if I go there. Well, is it Tucker Carlson? Yeah. Uh, he actually had video um, off San Diego, and um, I listened to his report on this only to get up this morning, and as I clicked on Fox News, one of the stories was a reporter asking Biden about the UFOs. He dodged the question. He he dodged the question, and he said, "You need. I need to refer you back to Obama." And so I read the whole article, and a lot of this stuff they're admitting has been classified, and because of the pressure. Um, just briefly, I'll get into this because I'm, it's not going to be one of the things I'm going to be talking about. But um, the eyewitness account on this particular one off of San Diego. And the footage that's there has it going underwater, and then they were able to trace its speed at 300 miles an hour. You can't do that. Then they had it going up and going at um, a speed of 900 miles an hour and then making a sharp left-hand turn, just like that. And just so you don't misunderstand there is no such thing as UFOs, okay? There are things as demons where the, the Lord says Satan can turn himself into an angel of light. And what you're seeing here is multidimensionalism. Um, scientists today will tell you they're aware of at least 10 dimensions. And I know for sure there's at least two. <laughs> and um, what we have now on tape and what I believe is going to be the lie is that when it comes to you, people like you, that insist on not being in agreement, I will be talking about um, Reset 21. That's very, very important to what's going on right now. Well, there's going to be a bunch of us that are not going to be in favor of that if we are still here. And as a result... I believe in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, when it talks about um, the falling away and uh, the lie, I believe the lie, and I've been saying this for 40 years, not just because of what's happening recently. For 40 years, I've been telling people that we have been preconditioned through Star Wars, Star Trek, sci-fi movies, BB Up Scotty, and, uh, and um, this goes way back even to Marilyn Ferguson and the conspiracy theory. She's the new ager. This is going back for you old timers. She actually said there's going to be a quantum leap, that was her terminology, in evolution that will get rid of anybody who's not in favor of global peace. And I got peace train going in the back of my head here and imagined by John Lennon both happening at the same time. So we, we've been preconditioned to this. So all of a sudden you have the rapture of the church and now it has to be explained. Well, I believe that out of nowhere we're going to have an ET. And he said, uh, 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 one of the things that they commented on, the technology is at least 1,000 times greater than the technology that we exist, that have today to make what they do with these machines happen. And so I think they're just gonna show up one day, well, 
we had to intercede because if we didn't intercede, you guys would all kill yourself and that's why we're here. And I've been holding to that story for 40 years and, and I believe that's the lie in Second Thessalonians too. They have to have a reason. And you don't, they're looking for somebody that can pick up the pieces right now. How much more? You know, they're looking for somebody to come to an answer to the pandemic. Certainly isn't Fucci. I think the guy's stupid. And when I talk to myself like that, you know, I, I think Fucci would say in return, stupid is, stupid does. Uh, stuff like that I should never let out of my head, you know. But um, he changes his mind every other day. By the way, he changed it again today, uh, if you're following it. The news now is uh, he doesn't think it's going to be necessary um, if you're vaccinated now to get this booster that they're talking about in the fall. So that's this morning's news. Okay. Um, so uh, yesterday, uh, again, Biden was asked at a press conference about UFOs. And he referred and deferred the question to the Obama administration, admitting that there's a lot that, that will and needs to be released. Why America is not mentioned in the Ezekiel 38 war? Well, that's put on a whole new clarity over the last 100 days. Why we're not involved, we were so involved, and I'll, I'll be touching on this one a little bit more in our message this morning. How close we are to the Ezekiel 38 war. The other one, that, I, that the second one that the Lord told me to write down that's not being commented on, and I got up out of my chair, went in the kitchen, and I wrote down U.S. border because they're not talking about it anymore. So what do you suppose was the other Fox News story? The U.S. border. And what they said was that Biden has asked our vice Vice President, is it Hera or Harris? I always get mixed up. Uh, that her responsibility uh, for the last 60 days was to take care of the border crisis. She has not been down there once. She doesn't want anything to do with it. And yet, as they got into talking about it, it is up 900% from last year with untold numbers of um, uh, drugs and people flooding. And it's not being commented at all. All they're talking about continually, of course, is masks, and that changes every other day. I will be touching a little bit more on that, but what got me at my attention is what the Lord showed me yesterday um, was confirmed just by getting up and listening to Fox News. Uh, the recent war between Hamas and Israel in the Gaza Strip will be a big part of our study. Uh, the push to have a mandate on the coronavirus we'll be talking about. Why this generation will be the last one before the rapture. And I believe we had a divine appointment yesterday in man's prayer. I'll explain that when we get to it. That reaffirms that. Um, we have made a 180 degree turn of our support to Israel. We were the last a stronghold for them. We stood by them. 
our technology we shared with them. Their F-16s they bought from us and then they remodeled them because their technological skills are greater than ours. Then, Reset 21 we'll be talking about this morning and a one world government. Uh, The world has its own perspective why they want it, but the scriptures have a completely different one. And my point is gonna be it's not Rockefeller or Gates or the Rothschilds or um, the George Soros's of the worlds. Uh, They may think they're the ones in charge. Now there's puppets. We're talking spiritual warfare um, in high places to bring about the Antichrist, to have him worshiped, and that, in order for that to happen, there has to be a one world government. So there's a perspective that the world has, but my job is to bring in that what the Bible has to say about the things that are happening as we speak this morning. The reality, um, the reality, uh, things in America will never again return to normal. And um, as you know, New York opened up and they said, okay, back to normal, everything's good again, go out, have a good time. Um, it's interesting to me that, I think it's, I think it's Met Stadium, one of the ballparks. Um, if you're vaccinated, you sit on this side of the field, and if you're not vaccinated, you sit on this side of the field. But the one I really like is when you go into a restaurant, there's a six foot space between the first door that you go into and uh, the second door that you enter the restaurant. So when you come in the first door, you gotta put your mask on. Walk six feet, and then everybody inside doesn't have one on, and then you can take it off. Brilliant. I wanna know where, where did common sense jump off the ship? Somewhere along the line. I mean, this is crazy stuff that people are doing, and yet, um, we are lambs, and lambs are gullible, unfortunately. Then, um, Russia openly threatened Israel with war this last week. And I'm gonna make a big deal out of this, and this is the reason that we're doing this sidetrack this morning. This is major, and I'll talk in two areas where they're openly, openly speaking about this. I'll be talking about the number of ceasefires and peace treaties that have come and gone since 1948. I'll put them on the screen for you. And um, so there's 14 things right there. Obviously, we're going to be able to get through maybe three or four of them. Let's go to Matthew chapter 16, where Paul read for us earlier. Then the Pharisees and Sadducees came and tested him, asking him that he would show them a sign from heaven. And he answered and said to them, when it is evening, you say, it'll be fair weather. Or the, for the sky is red. And in the morning it will be foul weather today, for the sky is red and threatening. Hypocrites, you know how to discern the face of the sky, but you cannot discern the signs of the times. What's the implication? We are to know the signs of the times. From whose perspective? The world or this book? And this book is being shunned and not being used as the absolute authority. It's an errant. It tells us what's gonna happen before it happens. It's never been wrong. 
And so as we look at the signs, we're going to be looking at them from this vantage um, point this morning. So this partial list of events we are to understand from a biblical perspective, and yet uh, the world is largely unaware just how late it really is. Let's begin with how much our world has changed in the past year and what we call the coronavirus. I personally believe, and people who comment on this, and um, they say it's no big deal, so on and so forth, I don't usually say much because what I want to say to them is you haven't done any research outside what you're hearing on the news. I've done a lot of research on this. I've, I've listened to at least a dozen of the, the leading people in the world that this is their field of expertise. All of them warning you of the, what's happening along with artificial intelligence being involved with the production of this vaccine. And so I don't want to debate, and, um, but I would lovingly challenge you um, uh, to do your homework on this particular issue. I believe it is a man-made virus. I believe it can be proven. Uh, I believe it was made in China, and it has affected the entire world, uh, which led to an emergency vaccine, okay? An emergency vaccine. It had not been approved by the FDA. And that has caused side effects in many people, some small. Judy and I had it couple days, something's weird, something's wrong, my head's all fuzzy and all whacked out, and I don't know what's going on here. And then it was gone. And many of you have had it, and you don't even know that you've had it. Um, and here's, here's the kicker. Uh, some have side effects, some small. Some people have actually died from it. I also believe it has the ability to track and trace people who take it. Now, I've done my homework on this, and there's a reason they want that from, from a worldly perspective. We know, when we'll talk about it when we get to Revelation 13, that's an actual fact that exists. So what we're seeing is a foreshadowing and a foretype of the mark of the beast. Now, before you get carried away here, I do not believe that this is the mark of the beast. There's a person that I listen to sometimes, he's very clear, I'm not gonna mention his name, uh, but uh, he's well known, he has a, a daily program. And um, he just started reading the Bible, he's an open Christian, I believe he's a godly man, uh, he's a conservative, and with that being said, this is what he said two days ago, out of the clear blue. Um, well, we all know anybody that takes the mark of the beast isn't gonna be raptured. And I went away uh, He, You heard the expression, uh, zeal with no wisdom. Here you got a guy who just started reading the Bible. And he has other sources that he's been listening to. And it so discredits making a statement like that. But I will agree that the technology exists, that it can be 
moved right into and used by the Antichrist, whether it's the same one or not. But I'm going to stay straight out. Um, this is not the mark of the beast. I'm going to read um, a little bit from a man named Matthew D. Staver, uh, head of uh, Liberty Council and Christians in Defense of Israel. So bear with me as I read a short couple paragraphs from him. The global threat to freedom from a vaccine passport, an associated tracking app, uh, predates the COVID pandemic. Now the Biden administration is pressuring states and corporations to launch a worldwide medical passport that will include tracking and tracing. This is the single greatest threat to our freedom yet ever seen. I'll explain more below. He says, dear friends, the so-called vaccine passport is the high-tech equivalent of a Nazi demands for papers, uh, please. Everybody with me? Papers, please, or yellow star. Only today, it's exponentially more dangerous, and it's coming unless we stop it. We have seen a low-tech version of a vaccine passport used to control churches in Kansas City, Missouri, we pushed back against the outrageous tactics, and we won. But a digital vaccine passport will be more difficult to overcome. Your ever, every move will be followed by the associated tracking app. Many years ago, Mary already was given an update on the RDF chip, uh, where you can lose a package. And they'll tell you right where it is. I'll have to, and this is 10, 15 years ago. So the technology has only exponentially grown uh, since that period of time. With a vaccine passport in place, your rights will no longer exist. Your right to travel, shop, dine, or worship is threatened by digital vaccine passports. Naomi Wolf, a liberal feminist author and former political advisor to both Bill Clinton and Al Gore, I'm CEO of Tech Company. I understand what this platform does. It's not about the vaccine. It's not about the virus. It's about data. And once this rolls out, you don't have a choice about being part of the system. What people have to understand is that any other functionality can be loaded onto that platform with no problem at all. They're trying to roll it out around the world. It is so much more than a vaccine pass. I can't stress this enough. It has the power to turn off your life or turn on your life, to let you engage in civil society or be marginalized. It's catastrophic. It cannot allow to be continued. And that's from Matthew Stavers. Now, with that, uh, I made the point that I do not believe this is the, the mark of the beast. But here's the thing. Let's say you do get sick from the vaccine or die. Do you know that you cannot sue? You cannot sue any of those pharmaceutical companies, even though it's not been approved. Maybe it's approved now, some of it. But when it first came out, it certainly wasn't. But in the fine print... With you taking it, um, it is clearly laid out 
that you cannot sue that pharmaceutical company. Uh, this has all been well planned out year, years ago with an end game that leads us to, as Curtis Bowers explains, an agenda to as a, a global reset. And that's where I'd like to go next. So in other words, if I'd sum it up, everything that's happened over the last year has deeper meanings to it and it all happens to coincide with an event that we call um, Global Reset. If you're hearing this for the first time, I'll give you a paragraph or two on what that is. The Great Reset is an initiative that was started by the World Economic Forum that is designed to get global stakeholders to cooperate simultaneously managing and direct the consequences of the COVID-19 crisis. The following comes directly from the official website of the World Economic Forum, otherwise known as WEF. According to the WEF, the Great Reset is a unique window of opportunity for global leaders to shape the future state of global relations, the direction of national uh, economies, the priorities of societies, the nature of business models, and a management of a global commons. In other words, the Great Reset is essentially just an updated blueprint of the new world order. Now, where have we heard that before? Now we're going back to Bush. He was telling us this stuff years ago. The man behind the Great Reset, great reset is named Klaus, Klaus Schwab. He is the founder and executive chairman of the World Economic Forum. And elsewhere on the official site of the WEF, there is an article by Schwab entitled, Now is the Time for the Great Reset. The following is an excerpt from that article. And it's only a paragraph, so bear with me. This is all in capital letters. To achieve a better outcome, the world must act jointly and swiftly to revamp all aspects of our societies and economies from education uh, to social contracts and working conditions. Every country from the United States to China must participate and every industry from oil and gas to tech must be transformed. In short, we need a great reset of capitalism. But in particular, uh, he very much wants a great reset of capitalism. According to Schwab, there are three main components to the Great Reset. Number one, the first involves reforming our economic system so that they will promote promote more uh, equity outcomes, in other words, communism and socialism. That's point number one. Secondly, implementing radical environmental laws and building green infrastructures, the Green New Deal, that many on the left have been pushing here in the United States. Third and finally, Schwab envisions applying the innovations uh, that we have witnessed during the COVID pandemic as a model for every sector of society. Vaccine testing centers, the global pandemic, 
as blueprint of total control of every person on the earth. One of the reasons I'm encouraging you to pick up and give to your um, friends are not aware what's taking place, even from a worldly perspective, is uh, Curtis Bauer's agenda too. And it shows this unfolding right before our very eyes. So, but before we could have a one world government, we have this little problem in the Middle East. This little problem is called Israel. Hated by Iran, who supplies Israeli armies with weapons and rockets and missiles. Do you know that we just gave Iran, our country, $85 billion? $85 billion to Iran. In the past two weeks, Hamas has fired 5,400 missiles into Israel, reaching as far as Tel Aviv. Four were fired from Lebanon, reaching even northern Israel. This began on May 6th, and it went through the 21st. 2,000 Arabs were injured. Uh, 243 were killed. On the Israeli side, 200 Israelis were injured, and six were killed with these 5,400 rockets. When I was talking to Zev, um, he said the only thing that he's ever seen like it before could only lead to war. One of the questions that was asked during these Fox News interviews this morning is do you think that this, this um, ceasefire will hold? And every one of them said absolutely not because there's never been one that has. And I'll show you the stats on that in just a little bit. The main reason for this update is because for the first time, the first time, Russia and Putin have threatened directly Israel with war. What I'm about to put on the screen right now is public knowledge. Russia warns Israel it won't tolerate more civilian casualties in the Gaza conflict. Who's doing the talking? Russia. And when I read that, I have to tell you my jaw dropped. Because I know they're there, and I know what's going to happen. But now to have it on an open paper and openly stating it, well, that's, that's, that's Gaza. Let's move to Syria. The next one I'm going to put up here The title is, Russian threatens to shoot down Israeli jets if they keep attacking Syria. Now, this is where it gets really interesting. This is from the uh, EU Times. How Russian responds to Israel's attacks on Iranian targets inside Syria could make all the difference as to whether the region boils over into a full-scale war or continues to simmer at its current already dangerous level. And when, when Russia, by the way, uh, recently um, um, the Ayatollah, Putin, and Erdogan have made an alliance, and I'll show you a picture of this. My friends, these are the main players in the Ezekiel 38 war and they're making alliances, and now um, I, I can't 
express enough that Putin would come out and say, if Israeli jets fly into Syria, then uh, we're considering that something that could turn into an act of war. Um, Why is it so significant? Well, Damascus happens to be in Syria. Turn with me to the book of Isaiah chapter 17. Isaiah chapter 17, the oldest continually inhabited city in the world. And the Bible says in verse one, the burden against Damascus. Behold, Damascus will cease from being a city. It will be a ruinous heap. That has never happened. But all of a sudden, we got Russia telling Israel, there's fighting. Uh, They lobbed rockets from Lebanon into uh, Israel. Of course, the Golan Heights is a barrier where from there you can look into, uh, and and on a clear day, you can see Damascus is 60 miles away from the uh, Israeli border we call the Golan Heights. Uh, We go there um, on every one of our trips. This has not yet been fulfilled. But how much of imagination do you have to have to see um, Israel's, Israel's attitude is this. They swear in their soldiers on Masada. And the reason they do that is to make a statement saying, never again. This will never happen again. And with the rise of anti-Semitism, what Bibi was saying publicly and what he would say to appease uh, Biden are two different things altogether. We're not backing down. We can't afford to back down. And if we need to take Gaza back, we will take Gaza back. My friends, those are fighting words. And um, because they're the obstacle. Um, Turn with me to Ezekiel chapter 38, which I believe is about to unfold. And I'm gonna read it and then comment on it. This is uh, the most important part, along with Matthew 24 and the rapture in our study this morning. So it hasn't been destroyed yet, but I believe it could be destroyed any day. Uh, Ezekiel 38, verse one, now the word of the Lord came to me saying, son of man, set your face against Gog in the land of Magog. Um, And we have a title here and a a country. And... um, Every Bible teacher, scholar, all agrees that this is nothing less than Russia itself. And the Lord saying, I'm against you. The prince of Rosh, Meshach, Tubal, and prophesy against him, saying, thus says the Lord God, behold, I am against you, O God, the prince of Rosh, Meshach, and Tubal. I will turn you around, put hooks into your jaw, and lead you out with all your army horses and splendidly clothed with great company and bucklers and shields and all of them handling swords. So they're the the military suppliers. As long as 25 years ago, I remember news stories coming out of Lebanon where they discovered caverns as large as this room here and larger, just filled with uh, military equipment from Russia. These are just ones, that was 20 years ago. So that's been ongoing. So basically, they're the ones supplying um, the arms along with Iran. 
And the hook in the jaw, that has always interested me. One of the main problems that they've had is getting their natural gas into Europe. Well, with Merkel, they just signed an agreement that they are, um, you can see this on, I saw this on the news, where they are building the pipeline with uh, Germany's permission. And now they'll be able to get their oil and natural gas from Russia into Europe. And um, that's happening as we speak. Now the next three, there's a list here. And sometimes people get Ezekiel 38 mixed up with the Battle of Armageddon. There's no way that this can possibly be the Battle of, of um, Armageddon. I'll explain why in just a bit. Persia, Ethiopia, and Libya are with them. Persia um, is what we call Iran today. They changed their name only within the last 100 years. 100 years ago, it was still known as Persia. Ethiopia uh, and Libya are push and cut. Uh, are with them, all of them with shields and helmet. Gomer and all her troops in the house of Togarma, House of Tergama would be Turkey. Uh, from the far north and all its troops and many people are with you. Prepare yourself and be ready, you and your companies that are gathered about you, and be a guard for them or a supplier for them. After many days, you will be visited in the latter years. Now I can't stress this so much because it specifically tells us that this is going to happen in the latter years years this will take place you will come into the land that was brought back from the sword well when did they leave they left in 70 AD they haven't been back and become a nation until 1948 so for almost 2,000 years they were out and now it says here that they they come back from well to come back from you have to have left in order to come back to and many people of the mountains of Israel, which have long been desolate, they have brought out of the nations, you and now all of them dwelling safely. You will ascend, coming like a storm, covering the land like a cloud, you and all your troops and many peoples with you. Thus says the Lord God, on that day it shall come to pass that a thought will arise in your mind and you will make an evil plan. And you will say, I will go up against a land of unwalled villages. I will go to a peaceful people who dwell safely, all of them dwelling without walls. Well, Zeb sent me a picture of himself leaning against a fence, didn't have a mask on. He was just walking around. And um, he sent me that yesterday. Having neither bars nor gates. For what purpose? To take plunder and to take booty, to stretch out your hand against the waste places that are again inhabited question why do most people go to war answer for the spoils of war in this case you got to get rid of any opposition and as long as you're removing them why not take what they already have well for those of you who don't know just recently they discovered the leviathan natural gas resources which is one of the largest in the world just off the shores of Haifa, worth it makes Israel completely dependent on no other nation. 
And matter of fact, they're selling it to Egypt, they're selling it to Jordan, and they're building a pipeline um, to Europe. I think they're as, they're as far as a Greece right now as the last I heard. What do you think Russia thinks about that? Hmm, I don't think much about that at all. That's, that's called competition. So let's read on. And against the people gathered from the nations, this is what's happened. And we've watched it in our lifetime. And who have acquired livestock and goods who dwell in the midst of the land. Now 13, I want to get a little sidetracked here. Um, In verse 13, we read Sheba and Dedan and the merchants of Tarshish and all the young lions will say to them, have you come to take a plunder? Have you uh, to gather your army to take a booty, to take away silver and gold, to take away livestock and goods, to take away a great plunder? Well, um, Sheba and Dedan uh, is Saudi Arabia. They have just signed a peace treaty with Israel. So has United Arab Emirate. They have signed a peace treaty with Israel. And if uh, Trump was still around, there would be more citing peace treaties in Israel. And so they're on the sideline. My point is they're not involved in this war. We already have the answer why before us. They got peace treaties already signed with Israel. And it says, then you will come from your place from the far north. If you take a world map and put it on Israel, and go exactly straight north, I mean exactly straight north, you run into Moscow. And many peoples, all of them riding horses, I believe this is um, um, uh, first century, trying to explain 20th century weaponry, and a great company of harmony with you. You will come up against my people, Israel, like a cloud and cover the land. It will be in the latter days, I will bring you against the land so that the nations may know that I am hallowed in you, O God, before their eyes. Who has stood up with Israel up till this year? We have. The most powerful country that has ever existed has now done a 180 and is now anti-Israel and is propagating these events to take place. So with us out of the picture, um, all they have to do now is get rid of Israel, but who's gonna stand up for Israel? Uh, the ones that they made agreements with, they're not in it, they're just asking questions. Hey, what are you doing? Are you here to take spoil? Some goods? What's this all about? Well, the rest of the chapter is... Um, the time that the Lord himself is going to be directly involved with this war. I vacillate in my own mind. Will we see this happen? I know one thing for sure. We're watching the stage for being set happening. Can somebody give me an amen on that? I mean, you can tell the weather, right? And so the reason I picked Matthew 16, one through three, is if you can... If you can figure out what the weather's gonna be like tomorrow and you don't look around this world and put two and two together, you don't come up with seven, okay? And so we should know the signs of the times. 
And I believe it's not being preached behind the pulpit from a biblical perspective, and that's one of the reasons the church is weak today. And you can't be weak now, my friends. You, no matter, people will roll your, their eyes at you when you tell them, well, there might be something in that vaccine and uh, might have traceable capabilities. Uh, you might lovingly say, before you totally write me off, will you do a little research? Just leave it at that. And remember um, that we're spe- to speak the truth in love. <laughs> I know something you don't know. <laughs> no, that turns people off. And so be wise as a serpent and harmless as a dove. Just please do a little research on your own and don't go with what you're being told on the CBS Evening News. Do your own homework, be a Berean. So we find the Lord getting directly involved. It will come to pass the same day when Gog will come against the land of Israel, says the Lord God, that my fury will show in my face, for in my jealousy and in the fire of my wrath I have spoken. Surely in that day there will be a great earthquake in the land of Israel, so that the, the fish of the sea, the birds of the heavens, the beasts of the field, all creeping things that creep on the earth and all men who are on the face of the earth shall shake at my presence. The mountains will be thrown down, steep places shall fall, and every wall shall fall to the ground. And I will call for a sword against God throughout all my mountains, says the Lord God, Every man's sword will be against his brother. In other words, confusion. The result of this war is five out of six people that come against Israel will be defeated. And um, we find that in in, uh, uh, chapter 39, a sixth of them. And I will bring him to judgment with pestilence and bloodshed. I will rain down on him and his troops and many peoples who are with him, flooding rain, great hailstones, fire and broom. So thus, I will magnify myself and sanctify myself, and I will be known in the eyes of many nations. So this is not Ezekiel, um, the Armageddon War, and they shall know that I am the Lord. Now, Dwight, are you telling us that God is the one who does the fighting here? And then you have to ask yourself, well, that's never happened before. And then I have to tell you, yes, it has happened before. Let's go back to Assyria and Sennacherib. After they took the 10 northern tribes out in about 710 BC, um, then they set their eyes on Jerusalem, Benjamin and Judah. And they brought 185,000 troops and Hezekiah, the king, was so freaked out. It's one of the reasons they built Hezekiah's tunnel. Uh, for those of you who have been to Israel, you can still walk, walk it today, was to hide their water supply. You can actually walk that tunnel today, and we do all the time. And um, let's see where I was. At. Um, Hezekiah, well, Sennacherib. It has happened before. Because Isaiah goes to Hezekiah and says, what are you so worried about? I don't want you to be worried. Not one arrow is going to fly over this wall. And there was 185 Assyrians camped out, ready to take out Jerusalem. What did the Lord do? One angel, one night, 
and it was 185,000 dead the next morning. It has happened before, where God fought individually, no other armies, and what happened to Sennacherib is he goes back to his temple and his two sons take him out. And of the mighty Assyrian Empire, rise of the Babylonian Empire. Do you know that the Babylonian Empire and the Assyrian Empire both ended in one night? One night. And that's how fast things can change as we're observing ourselves uh, here. Now, concerning this, um, I've showed you the alliance. The U.S. is not mentioned. Why? Because we have already stood with Israel until Biden and the president Democrats, which I really don't even call them Democrats anymore. Um, I call them globalists, or I should say globalists. Uh, since Bush wanted the new world order. This has been going on for a long time. It's been in the planning for a long time. And now we're simply watching the beginning of it unfold. Six phone calls from Biden to Benjamin Netanyahu last week. Back off. I could see the pressure building, building, building. And they implemented that ceasefire at 2 o'clock in the morning. And um, the people that talk about this say... Is holding for now, but there never has been one that has ever lasted. Peace talks with the Palestinians. Can I stop here and tell you something? There is no such thing as a Palestinian. There is no such thing as a Palestinian. They are Arabs. They are Muslims. And, um, well, why do they call it the land of Palestine? Well, it was done... In about 160 A.D., uh, to insult um, the Israelis, so they decided to name it Palestine as a slap in the face of their enemies, the Philistines. That's where it comes from. But there is no such thing as a Palestinian. They're all Arabs, Muslims of different sorts. You have the Sunni and you have the Shiites and I can't go there, I don't have the time. But please do your homework. Iran and Saudi Arabia hate each other. One is Sunni and one is uh, Shiite. And um, uh, so there is no such thing. So when we talk about a peace treaty, the peace treaties that have uh, started since 1948, I'm gonna put something on the screen right now. Uh, and it shows the peace treaties that have existed since 1948. I am not going to talk only about a couple of them that you all would be familiar with. Probably um, the most famous of them all is the Oslo Accord. And I actually have it here in front of me, and it'll be the only one that I read anything about. But we also have in here the Camp David Accord from 1978. How many of you remember that one? That's when we gave them, when, when Arafat was there, we gave them everything they wanted. And he says, you got it. Well, you, we want peace. This is what you want. Deal. You know what Arafat did? He got up and walked out. They, are, they don't want peace. They're, they're bound by uh, Muslim law 
and Muhammad's law for the total annihilation of the nation of Israel. And don't believe any other. There is no such thing as a two-state solution in the mind of the Arab world. Erdogan from Turkey has a different slant on it. He wants to revive the, um, the Ottoman Empire that ruled it for many, many, many years. And the ruler of the Ottoman Empire is top dog. So people have different motives for going on here. But the ones that I will mention here was um, the Abraham Accord that Trump put in um, with four countries agreeing to recognize Israel. That's on the list up there. The Oslo Accord I find very, very interesting. And so it's only a paragraph or so long. it was supposed to be the harbinger of peace, but it never worked out that way. The entire thing was an Arafat rouge. The Palestinians killed the Oslo, Oslo Accord before the ink on the Yasser Arafat signature was dry. That famous handshake, it happened 27 years ago on September 13, 1993. On that day, Israel supporters let themselves believe that 45 years of attacks against Israel were over. Peace was finally within reach. Once the agreement with the Palestinian was finalized, there was no excuse remaining. The other Arab nations had no uh, had to fall in line. Ironically, thanks to a different U.S. president, the Arab countries have begun to fall in line and make peace with Israel 27 years later, despite the Palestinian leadership's refusal to follow Oslo or to accept anything less than the destruction of the Jewish state of Israel. I cannot emphasize that enough. As part of the Oslo, the two groups signed letters of mutual recognition. The Israeli government recognized the PLO as a legitimate representation of the Palestinian people, which don't exist. The letter also recognized that the PLO, Palestine National Chapter, Uh, was to be amended to recognize Israel's right to exist and renounce violence. But this was never done, and thus the original charter stands to this day. 28 years after Oslo, Article 19 of the Palestinian National Charter still states the establishment of Israel is fundamentally null and void. Article 20 continues to not deny the existence of the Jewish people, as a nation, and any ties it might have with the land of Israel. The only comment I'll make on this is that the agreement was supposedly set up for seven years, a seven-year peace agreement. Huh, that sounds interesting, because that's exactly what's going to happen with the Antichrist. So we see that. All right, we're moving on uh, from that. So it begs the question, how close are we? If you can see the weather and know what the weather's going to be like, can you discern the signs of the times? Every one of these has been broken. And now we have one just implemented. And it's, it's the people that were being interviewed, it says almost laugh, laughable. Which one have they ever kept? Answer, none. And they never will. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 24. We're getting close to the end, so hang in there. Matthew chapter 24 is again one of those things I think we had a divine appointment with 
yesterday in men's prayer. I'm just going to read the parable of the sower and let it speak for itself. Matthew 24, verse 32 to 35. The disciples came to Jesus and asked him, uh, what will be the sign of your coming and, uh, and other signs? And he talks about wars and rumors of wars and pestilence and so on and so forth. But it's in the singular. What is the sign of your coming? And that would be the rebirth of the nation of Israel. 32, now learned a parable from the fig tree, always emblematic of Israel, when his branch has already become tender and puts forth leaves, you know that summer's near. So you also, when you see these things, know that it is near even at the very door. Assuredly, I say unto you, this generation will by no means pass away until all things will be fulfilled. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. Turn with me to Psalm 102. On Saturday mornings, we have men's prayer. And in men's prayer, uh, we simply are reading through the Psalms right now. And we happen to get to Psalm 102. And I'd forgotten all about this. Um, We had... David Dolan, how many of you are familiar with David Dolan from Israel? Um, He has his own radio broadcast. Um, He's very knowledgeable about Bible prophecy. And we actually had him here for one of our prophecy conferences. His title, what he spoke on, was Psalm 102. That That was his message. I want to draw your attention to uh, verse 16, 17, and 18. It's talking about, uh, for when the Lord will build up Zion, he shall appear in his glory. When the Lord will build up Zion, he shall appear in his glory. Question, when? He shall regard the prayer of the destitute and shall not despise their prayer. This will be written for, for the generation to come that a people yet to be created may praise the Lord. And what David did here, and I forgot, but the brother who read the scripture and brought it up says, don't you remember when David Dolan was here? He, he took it to the Hebrew. And the word is not written for the generation, but it literally says, this is for the last generation. Now I'm gonna ask you to be a Brian. Do a word study. And what he's saying is, the Lord is gonna come back when? In the last generation. What does Matthew 24 say the last generation is? The the generation that sees Israel become a nation again. The question is, what's the generation? Um, Remember Wisenet, the guy who said, who wrote the book, uh, uh, 1988, 40 years from 1948? Well, he didn't sell very many books the next day. (laughs) Um, Could be 40 years. Nope, can't be 40 years. Could it be 70 years? I mean, the Bible says your lifespan is uh, two, three score and 10, that's 70. That could be a generation. Uh, the children of Israel, it says, were in the land of Egypt for four generations. Well, how long were they there for? 400 years. So I, I can tell you, I don't know. There's there gotta be times where you have to say, I don't know. I do know that the generation that sees it 
will see the fulfillment of all Bible prophecy. Now, let's go back to Matthew 24 and read about what I believe is going to happen next and that it could happen at any time. And that is Jesus coming for his church. And what he likens it to is taking on a whole new meaning to me. So we're in verse 36, we just got done reading the parable of the fig tree. And then he says, but of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but my father only. Knows what? It can't be his first coming because on Palm Sunday, what did we do? We showed you to the very day, April 6, 32 AD, Jesus would come riding on a donkey. Did that happen? It's a fact of history. So what's it referring to? I can tell you the second coming to the day. Uh, If you're taking notes, write down Revelation chapter 12, the last three verses, and do your math. It'll tell you to the day when Jesus Christ will come. So we've just eliminated um, uh, his first coming. Second coming, it can only refer to the rapture of the church that only the Father knows. And then he gives us a hint. What's it gonna be like? But as it was in the days of Noah, so also will be the coming of the Son of Man be. Oh, that's an interesting analogy. For as the days of the flood, they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and did not know until the flood came and took them all away. So it will be with the coming of the Son of Man. Bear with me here. If you're taking notes, I won't take you there. The first five verses of Genesis 6 talks about angels coming down and having sexual relationship with women on the earth. And then it goes on to say, the thoughts of men's hearts were only evil continually. And so what we have there is he was faithful to his generation. In other words, for 120 years, Noah was busy about building a boat out in the desert and all the world was watching him. And you can just imagine the talk. What are you building the boat for, Noah? Well, God's gonna judge the earth and you need to repent. Uh, why the boat? Uh, well, it's gonna rain a lot. Uh, what's rain? The water, the earth was um, uh, watered by dew that came in the morning. It had never rained before. Remember the rainbow? The rainbow only came after the ark. So imagine you're an average Joe and you're watching this crazy old man building this big old boat out in the desert and he's telling you you need to repent. You are one crazy old man. And so what were they doing? Well, they were scoffing. Um, liking it to the days of Noah and um, saying that um, no man knows the day or the hour, but our text was we are to know the signs. I'm quoting now if you're taking notes, 1 Thessalonians 5, 1. But concerning the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should write to you. For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. When they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them. But you, brethren, are not in darkness, so that that day should overtake you as a thief. 
You are sons of the light and sons of the day. We are not of the darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep, uh, but let us watch and be sober. Let's go back to Matthew. And it also says in the last days there will come what? Scoffers saying, where is the promise of his coming? And um, that is exactly when we explain to people that the Lord is going to remove maybe millions of people from this planet. And they look at you like you're crazy. And um, so you're telling me you're just gonna disappear and not be here anymore. It says, willfully forgetting that God did this in the days of Noah. It's making the same um, comparison uh, there. Better yet, let me read it to you. This is 2 Peter 3, 1 if you're taking notes. Beloved, I write to you the second epistle in both which to stir up your pure minds by way of remembering that you might be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and the commandment of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior. Know this first, that scoffers will come in the last days, walking according to their own lusts, and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, everything continues as it was from the beginning. Um, the, um, the bias, abnormal bias, what is it? the normality bias. Everything's normal. I have a bias that everything's always gonna be the same. And that's what's being said here. Everything's, everything's the same. Nothing's gonna change. For this they willfully forget that by the word of God the heavens were of old and the earth standing out of the water in the water by which the world that then existed perished being flooded with water but the heavens and the earth which are now preserved by the same word are reserved for fire until the judgment of ungodly men. Here Peter is making a direct connection between the flood of Noah and the rapture of the church and scoffers being involved in each one of them. What will be the morality of, our, of this generation? Well, they'll be lovers of pleasure, lovers of self, and not wanting to hear um, what's being presented here. All right, Matthew 24, verse 37 through 39. What are we to do with all this? Um, Let's pick it up in verse 40. This is a picture of the church. Then two men will be in the field. One will be taken, the other left. Two women will be working at Walmart. One will be taken, one will be left. I want to make sure you guys are listening. What are we to do? Watch therefore. Watch for what? Well, what we read about earlier, our opening text. You know the weather, and you don't know the signs of the times. Many people do not, because they don't know their Bible, and they don't know what's about to happen. Watch therefore, for you do not know the hour the Lord is coming. But know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour he would have come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. Therefore, you be also ready for the Son of Man is coming at an hour when you do not expect him. What are you doing this afternoon? You get to go home and think, I'm looking up today. Perhaps today. How many times do you say perhaps today? 
No, we're pretty busy. Americans are pretty busy with our own lifestyles. And the timing of this and everything that's going on is hopefully to shake you up a little bit and understand that the 15 events, I'm only touching on four or five of them, but they're all happening at the same time. And it's all coming to very, it's all happening very, very quickly as it was in the days of Noah. So uh, the last verse I will read to you is 2 Peter 3, verse 11. I'm watching a series um, by Francis Schaeffer, probably one of the greatest theological minds of our, our time. He died in 1972. But uh, Judy and I were surfing channels and all of a sudden we've seen a 10-part series on how should we then live, all directed by Francis Schaeffer himself. And um, his book is a Christian classic. It's called How Should We Then Live? I highly recommend it. Okay, here's the last verse. It's only five verses long, and I'll let you go. 2 Peter 3, 11. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of person ought you to be? How should we then live? In holy conduct and godliness. Therefore, beloved, looking forward to these things, be diligent to be found by him in peace without spot and blameless, and consider that the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation. Now, as far as I'm concerned, Lord, you should have come already. Don't you feel that way? (laughs) But he is long-suffering and not willing that any should perish. As our beloved Paul, according to the wisdom gave him, has written to you, as also in his epistles, speaking in them of these things, which are some things hard to understand, which untaught and unstable people twist to their own destruction, as they also do the rest of the scriptures. You, therefore, beloved, since you have known this beforehand, beware, lest you fall from your own steadfastness. We call this overcoming in the book of Revelation. What does that mean? Don't look back. What did Jesus say about these times? He said, remember Lot's wife. What about Lot's wife? Well, she looked back. What did she look back for? Because that's where her heart was really at. Where should your heart really be at? Colossians 3.1, if you're born again, then seek those things which are above. That's what my Bible tells me. And be steadfast, being uh, led away, not being led away with the air of the wicked, but grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. To him be both the glory, both now and forevermore. And all God's people said it. Amen. Amen. And we'll close with prayer. Let's stand. Lord, as we take this break between the book of Acts and the beginning of Romans, I do see your hand as only you can in some of the smaller details of of, uh, taking this this Sunday and um, dealing with an issue that is very, very close. And Lord, as we began our study this morning, with this word,
that we can discern the weather. He says, how is it that you cannot discern the signs of the times? So as we consider the world around us and all that's taking place, the technology that exists for all these things to happen, Lord, keep us occupying. And um, thank you so much for your word that informs us of these things ahead of time. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.